0: Welcome to We Are DB. My name is Brenton and I'm joined as always by Danielle. That's me. Thanks again for joining us this week as we count up the IMDB's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 44 on the internet movie database by millions of film lovers from around the world is The Untouchables. Released in 2011, starring François Clézet and Omar Sy as the two leads, The Intouchables* is a French comedy-drama set in Paris, France. Inspired by the true story by Philippe Pozo de Biorgio and his memoirs, entitled A Second Wind, the film is written and directed by Olivier Nacache and Eric Toledano. Now, this movie has been remade three times. Really? It was in India in March 2016 as Upiri, Argentina in August of 2016 as The Inseparables, and in the United States, officially released last year, 2019, called The Upside, starring Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston as the two leads.
1: So this is the original?
0: This is the original from 2011.
1: They probably would have been fine, but, like, I can't imagine them together.
0: I have seen The Upside. And? (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, it pissed me off. And I'll get into that more when we get into the movie as to why, because it's a bit spoilery.
1: I feel like Brian Cranston would be a good match for Philippe's character. I don't think no, Kevin Hart would not. be good for Driz's character. He's just... Well, he's, he's a co-
0: Kevin Hart's a comedian. He's not... I don't know. He just doesn't seem to have that weight behind there's him. There's
1: a difference between being a funny person and being a comedian
0: yeah you know what i mean yeah
1: being someone who genuinely is able to make someone laugh and enjoy their day and being someone who tells jokes those are different things and that's why i'm like fuck if i was not doing well i wouldn't want kevin hart trying to cheer me up he'd piss me off (laughs) you know um yeah anyway um
0: and i'll get more into the comparison between the u.s version and the original french in a second uh i just wanted to talk a little bit about the intouchables okay i actually think philippe looks a lot like dustin hoffman
1: yeah, I can, like s- I can see that. The actor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Um. I immediately started liking this movie from the opening scene. It was just the, the colour and the way it's shot, uh, the introduction to the two characters, the music, the dynamics between them.
1: It, it immediately hooked me. The soundtrack is what got me. Yeah? I, well, and it was weird because the first song you hear in this entire movie... And I mean, I could tell that he was in a wheelchair, but like you don't generally pair sad quadriplegic story with earth, wind and fire. They don't generally go together. So, but I liked it and they did it really well and it set the tone for the rest of the movie really well, I think, that song. It
0: did, so that's why I'm, I'm really glad that it did like they had this shot of their characters interacting and then it said the whole 6 months earlier thing and then the story really picks up from there but I'm kind of glad that they had that because it really showed you the dynamic that they sort of have and what kind of people they are like it was a really good introduction well, to the characters
1: and you as the story progresses you're like okay I know they're going to get to this let's see how they get to it mm. which is I think a little bit more comfortable to watch than just going into it blind because there are some moments and some jokes which I think are a little cringy, but were necessary. And they're not inappropriate, you know? But it's like, you already know as a as an audience member, like, they're on this level where it's okay. Whereas I think if that dynamic hadn't been established initially, like in the introduction of the movie, you might have been a little bit more, like, unsure. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a good choice to display the dynamic and the interactions you wanted to display while still making the audience comfortable.
0: This movie to me really feels like a beautiful piece of music, like classical music, you know, you just sit there, you listen to it, it's sort of, you don't see it every day, or like priceless bit of art, which is interesting because both of those are sort of a running theme throughout the movie. Mm. But in itself, it feels like a nice inclusion to that sort of culture. Like it's, it's shot really well. It's, Kind of unlike any other French movie that I've seen.
1: And it's really... Yeah, actually. I was first going to say, it's really contemporary. So when was this... When did this come out?
0: 2011.
1: So, like you said, there is something classical about it in the sense that you feel like it feels like a classical piece of music. The story is very wholesome and very... It's a a really make-you-feel good kind of story. Um... But it includes elements like poverty in Paris and smoking weed and, you know, being men and what that means and the interaction. And to me, it feels so, so human because of those elements. Like, it's not shying away from from the Mm. things like, what are things that you would want to get back to doing that you wouldn't be able to do anymore the fact that they share cigarettes all the time I always say cigarette smoking to me feels like one of the most human experiences there are because nothing else on this planet does that and it's
0: okay yeah
1: you know what I mean like it's just it's yeah it's something that makes him feel like a person again it makes Philip feel like his own person again that he's given this autonomy to be like I know smoking's not good for me, but I want to, so I'm going to anyway, you know? So
0: are you saying that this movie sort of doesn't feel like a movie, but it feels more like you're watching two real people interact because it shows all of the elements that usually people don't put the time in putting in these sort of films, you know what I mean? Like the, it Absolutely. shows the more human moments. Okay, yeah.
1: And I think that's really important too because this is displaying disability, the way that it is. You know, it's not really glossing over anything like it's talking about, you know, the day-to-day personal care that Philippe has to go through and how he has to have help with everything. I really like that scene right initially when Driz is going in to help him for the first time and he puts him in his wheelchair for the first time and he doesn't buckle him in so he almost falls over. Yeah. (laughs) And I I was sitting there and I was like, catch him, catch him! Because I knew what was coming. Um... (sighs) But, like, in media, you don't see that part of it.
0: Yeah, you, you wouldn't think I mean? of that, would you?
1: Yeah, like, if you didn't have any experience working with a person who's paralyzed, you wouldn't know. And so that's why I think it was really important that they showed the very raw elements of what paraplegia looks like. And I think they did it really well and really tastefully.
0: Yeah, it was It was very tasteful. Um... Did you like this movie?
1: I I really liked it.
0: Because you you typically don't usually like going into French movies because some of them can be quite abstract, <laughs> to say the least.
1: I don't know that there's... Well, okay, I was going to say, I don't know that there's ever been a French movie that I didn't like. This is a very American-feeling French movie.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: Okay? Because most French movies are fucking weird. That's just, that's just the nature of the... This- Cinema scene, I guess, in France. I'd love to hear from some of our listeners in France. Let me know some of the other mainstream movies that are coming from your directors. Um, So I have more of a base to go on. But every other French movie I have have ever seen has just been strange.
0: I kind of like it, though. It's strange in kind of a good way. This one? No, just French films.
1: Yeah, they're very artistic.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you say that this feels like an American French film. Until you watch The Upside, which is literally the American version of this French film. And it's so much more American. Mm. Like, I don't mean this as like an insult or anything, but generally when things are targeted to American audiences, they dumb it down a lot. Mm. And that's purely observation. These things, I'm going to get into spoilers now because, well, there's not a hell of a lot else to talk about this. Um, And I wanted to make a few comparisons between this version and the American version. And the thing that really annoyed me the most about The Upside that came out of a year ago Mm. is that it kind of assumes that the audience is dumb. It has to spell out that he's a quadriplegic. It has to spell out what actually that is, you know. Like, when Driss needs to have his signatures to get his benefit, they show all of the processes to say, no, in order to get his welfare, he needs the signatures. It can't be this, can't be that. Oh, that's why. While in the other one, he just walks in and he's like, give me a signature because I need it for my benefit. Like, he just...
1: It's, it's not it, important to the story.
0: It's not. It's, it, the original does a much better job of showing, not telling. And the upside is just tell, 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 because the audience won't understand otherwise unless we show it to them and blatantly put it in their face, you know? Um, Yeah. And I I love the way that it's introduced in The Untouchables as to why Philippe has picked Dress. He's clearly not the ideal candidate. But we come to learn what is important to this character, and essentially it comes back to he is sick of people pitying him. And that's very, like, running theme through this, and you can really respect that decision because of that. Yeah. While in The Upside, Brian Cranston basically just says, yeah, I'm sick of people pitying me, I'm sick of this, and I want this, and he just lays it all out. Rather than letting the audience interpret from his body language, from his subtle nuances, it completely takes that away. Especially, like, things like... Why is he a quadriplegic in the first place? What happened to his original wife? They just spell it all out. And it's just... It, it's kind of insulting.
1: So, what's left, then? Like, what do you have to show?
0: The movie is filled with a lot of the actual... The same scenes are uh, duplicates. Like, it's exactly reenacted mm-hmm. from the French version. And everything that's different is just an addition that we could have f- figured out originally anyway, if that makes sense. The original didn't need to spell these things out, and it was fine, you know? While this one, it tells you exactly what the relationship is instead of just showing you what the relationship is. I think
1: a really important element of what you're saying there, of showing and not telling, people, people respond better to seeing things and experiencing them. So right in the beginning of the movie, we're seeing this big line of applicants come through and they're talking about why they'd be good for this role and it was just it was so cringy as someone who has worked in disability um
0: looking at the other applicants
1: yeah because it was they were just so they it was like medical models they were talking about him in terms of like how they can help with what's wrong with him and how you know they've had this clinical experience and like really just thinking of him as an object and not as a person
0: yeah and i imagine that's very cliche like they're trying to show you what the general sort of people going into this industry say and do
1: but unfortunately like what i think was great about that scene is that it's showing you yeah you probably shouldn't do this whereas if you don't have a lot of experience around people who are disabled, you might not realize how disempowering some of that language is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: the Untouchables actually shows you how disempowering it is, as opposed to what you're saying with the upside. They just talk about it, and it sounds like they don't even really touch on that.
0: It is similar because it still shows you those moments Mm. of like people applying and the cliche things that they're saying. Um, But even in the Untouchables, later on... When Driss does leave, he gets a second carer back and he doesn't allow him to smoke. He says, I even gave up smoking because it shouldn't be good for you or whatever. They're just doing everything textbook instead of actually having a human experience with the client and actually thinking what is actually good for him, you know, instead of just taking this sort of approach.
1: Well, and the thing is, it's his life. Do you not think he knows that he's not going to live as long as probably he should? Like... Something else is probably going to kill him first. Let him have a smoke, you know. Well, even that
0: initial scene where he's speeding around in the Maserati, you know, you might think, oh, that's not good for him. He could get hurt or whatever. But what's the worst that could happen? You know, he becomes a quadriplegic. Like, come on.
1: Yeah.
0: He doesn't have much of a life to live anymore, which is why he's not really phased by it. Let in that scene. him
1: decide how he wants to live it because it is his.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting approach. Oh, something that annoyed me was that a scene where Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart meet up, right? Mm. The reason why Philippe actually, well, it's Philip in the US version, mm-hmm. um, why he's, he picks him in the first place, he asks him what he was in jail for because he has to, he's asking for signatures for his parole officer.
1: Okay, which is different. It's different to the untouchable. Yeah, Ke- yeah. Kevin
0: Hart says, legally, you're not allowed to ask me that question. And he said, Well, now that you've asked me that, you have to offer me the job. And Philip's like, Okay, all right, I'll take you on. So that's why he takes the job, is because he pulls that legal jargon and says, Oh, you're not allowed to ask me why I was in prison. You have to offer me the job now, legally and then Brian Cranston said yeah I'll give you the job. Like that's that completely rips out the skeleton as to what their initial reaction was. Now, I don't know if the changes in The Upside to The Intouchables were actually more accurate to what actually happened in the memoirs. I don't actually know. I'm purely comparing it to The Intouchables, which is the number 44 movie of all time as rated on the IMDb. The Upside is not so
1: well, you know? And it takes away, their first interaction was based, again, it was a very human interaction. What you're saying between Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston sounds very snotty, whereas what happened between the characters in The Untouchables was actually a lot more cheeky. You know what I mean? It was more,
0: Yeah. it
1: was more, well, it wasn't rude and it wasn't. It wasn't inappropriate, but it was like, he's like, I bet you wouldn't last two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, is that a a bet? You know what I mean? Like, it was more, it was more human. It was more, it was less snotty.
0: Those cheeky remarks that Driss says to him in the Untouchables.
1: They're really core to that relationship.
0: It's really, like, Driss is a flawed character, but he's lovable, you know? You believe the relationship that they have. When Kevin Hart says the same line, it just sounds like he's a
1: prick. Yeah.
0: It's a, It was a weird casting, uh, and I didn't really like it. And they changed Driss's fi- family dynamic, because he had a whole backstory with the complicated family, and that's explained. Yeah. Uh, in this one, Kevin Hart has a son, and he's trying to get back to his son, and he's got a wife that doesn't like him, and... Uh, because Kevin Hart hasn't pay- paid his child support while he was in prison, blah blah blah. I don't really care. I cared a lot more about Dress's original uh, family story, and I believe that one is the true one. Mm-hmm. And when he comes over for that interview, he steals *Huckleberry Finn* a book instead mm-hmm. of a Faberge egg. Like, I was going to ask you, do would Americans not know what a Faberge egg is? You have to dumb it down to a book of *Huckleberry Finn*. Like,
1: I don't know, but that's I think valued so. Valued
0: a lot. Yeah. Like, I knew what those were before this movie.
1: Like, even an original publication of that book wouldn't be worth anywhere near as much as those eggs. Those eggs are hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: Some of them are millions.
1: Yeah, like, that to me, as soon as I... Do you remember when I saw those? I was like, holy shit! Because I knew knew exactly what they were as soon as that pan came across the screen. Yeah, I knew what they were That's a lot of eggs. Like, that to me said more about his wealth... Than just about anything, I'm yeah. like if this guy can afford that many Fabergé eggs, he must mm-hmm. be like absolutely loaded, you know.
0: I don't know. I just think I don't think the upside had uh had the charm that the original did, and it treated the audience like idiots.
1: It sounded a bit more crude.
0: Well, I wouldn't say crude because it it was trying to hit the same notes. Um, oh, and also they combined the characters of the hot redhead and Yvonne to be played by uh, Nicole Kidman. So they mashed two of the characters together. Um, and I think she's tr- playing an Australian. It's weird seeing Nicole Kidman with her original accent again. Mm. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I like the dynamic of having Megaly and Yvonne as two different people. Yeah. Mm.
0: So this movie is basically... Just the story of their relationship, basically, right? Let's mm-hmm. have a look at these two people from different ends of the tracks, get along in this instance, and just see how they interact and solve problems. And that's basically just the story, right? That's where it gets its heart. And it, and it's a lot more interesting. It's a, It's got its funny chemistry between the two, and the actors are very believable. And I love watching well,
1: this. And that's the thing... Honestly, my nan says she likes about British film and TV is that they're not all young, good looking people. You know what I mean? Like, they can be funny looking and still be like a well to do actor. And I felt like that with this, like they were very well cast. They I mean, not that we know a whole lot of French actors and who's who in France, but they just they felt like regular people
0: yeah uh, genuine was the word I was looking for yeah. because this movie is actually hilarious I crackled up laughing a bunch of times um and I, I just feel like it's it's a very genuine movie
1: a lot of the jokes like I said before they made you feel more comfortable with them because I mean they're pushing the envelope he was laughing at him because he's like you can't move your hands and I mean like in the context it made sense and it was funny but like if you were just have someone say that to somebody, you'd be like, oh, you shouldn't say that. You know what I mean? So I, I, liked, I liked that it didn't shy away from that stuff.
0: Well, the fact that he's actually saying those things and not afraid to hurt his feelings shows that he's treating him more like a human and not just a subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that everyone else is like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't mention the elephant in the room. You yeah. shouldn't mention that he's quadriplegic. You know what I mean? Which is like, ooh, taboo to even mention that. It's like, do you not he think he his knows? Arms. Exactly, right? Like, it shows him a lot more respect in actually making those jokes and things, and that's why it's kind of the point, right? That also led me to the question that, like, they show this guy with no experience, no education in caring. Um, Isn't that kind of necessary to some degree, though? Like, yes, he he could offer up different approach to things that other people with the education couldn't do however when it really comes down to it really shouldn't you be trained professionally though
1: yes i did a brief stint caring for a lady in a very similar position to Philippe. very similar sort of injuries
0: was she a quad
1: yes she could move her arms but not very much her injury i believe would have been lower down the spine point is i wasn't experienced I went in there with no training, got shit scared, said, I can't do this, and went away because it's just, there's a certain amount of care that needs to go into looking after people with those kind of injuries, because physiologically, they're very different to Mm. people who can move all their limbs. They can't regulate their temperature properly. Um, They can't do very much of anything by themselves. So they need to be, you need to know what you're doing to help them you know yeah yeah
0: i was actually wondering so he obviously can't feel and yet he could probably still feel that he's hungry or thirsty or needs to go to the toilet right like what sort of senses does this actually take away from you it's not really about the movie it just it just it arose these questions it brought
1: up those questions for you yeah um
0: cuz people think that there are five senses but there's not
1: there's That's so a complete
0: many. misconception. Yeah, there's a lot more than that, and I can go through them if you really want.
1: Like I was saying before, you know, it's amazing to me that he wouldn't be able, like, to touch his arm. He wouldn't be able to feel anything, so he wouldn't feel the pressure, the temperature. Which is
0: really funny scene in here where he's like pouring the boiling water on his legs,
1: and he's like, he doesn't and he's feel like, no, anything. He-
0: He's just experimenting, you know, I just let him do his thing. Like, and she's like, was you're just... going to
1: burn him. <sighs> and I just remember. Everyone
0: in that scene was, oh, that was great. Oh, whatever. I find that funny. Even though it's terrible for him.
1: <laughs> well, it is. And I'm like, he's going to heal slower. Like. Yeah, you will. It's not yeah. a good thing. Um, like he wouldn't be able to feel anything. Like it just made me remember my physiology classes and how, just how many, there's so many different things that just your skin can do. You know, it was impressive. Yet he still feels pain. He still feels phantom pains in his limbs.
0: See, that wouldn't be your standard touch, though.
1: No, that's different. And I think it's got to do with the brain. And I think that your drives, your thirst, and your hunger are centered more in the brain, of course to do with receptors in the body. Um, I'm not really sure to answer your question.
0: Okay. I was just going to say... Really quick what the actual senses are for anyone who's interested out there. Um, the most basic amount that you could be looking at is 10.
1: Cents. If you want to get
0: really technical and look into each one of those umbrella terms, it could get up to 33 senses. So, uh, the accepted amount is 21, though. So, it's in between the two. Uh, whether or not you count, like, vision as both light and colour vision. That could be two, or you could just say it's all vision, you know, because you could be colorblind or you could be fully blind. Um, That's the differentiation there. So I'm just going to go with the the basic ten. Uh, There's vision, hearing, smell, taste. Those ones can't be really broken down more in the first level. Mm. Touch, pain. Pain is different. Uh, Mechanoreception, balance. You have a sense of balance. Temperature. Which, again, is, is different to touch because people everyone just puts all of those things under touch and it's not the same. Uh, and blood pressure, you can feel when your blood pressure is, is off. Yep. Um, and if you wanted to get more technical, it's when we start talking about hunger and thirst, um, your muscle stretching, your, your um, joint positions, you can feel pressure, you can break down your taste into salt, sweet, sour, bitter, and anami, um, all of those sort of things. So. I just want everyone to stop saying there's only five senses. It's like saying that there's only four elements uh, because there's at least 10 is accepted 21.
1: Kinesthetics and knowing where your body parts are. Like the fact that you can close your eyes and touch your nose. Like if you. You know
0: exactly where your limbs are. Yeah. If
1: your face was numb, you couldn't do that. I've tried after I've been to the dentist and like I always hit my lips too soon and stuff. Like, yeah, that's a good point. The body's pretty cool, man.
0: Yeah. It just uh, brought up these questions about what he could actually do. Because I imagine that, like, depending on your injury, you probably could have different senses to different quads, right? Or Uh... is it just like, if you've got this, you've got this?
1: No, I I think you probably could be right. It depends on the nature. Was it a cord? Yeah. Like, did he sever the cord? Is there pressure on the cord? Is it swollen? Is it not? Like... Maybe he broke it in a couple places so that he's got severed cord lower and, you know, pressed upper. I don't know. So different people, I think, would almost always... You couldn't just consider a quadriplegic person to be the same as every other quadriplegic person.
0: Yeah, that's that's all I was saying.
1: Yeah. It's very individualistic.
0: I'm just looking at my notes, and I, I think I've actually hit them all. Like, I was making a point that I really quite like this movie... I think it's really quite beautiful. It's I love the acting in it because it makes you feel genuine. Um, and I love the dynamic just watching two people. I've said this on multiple episodes. If you get two actors that are great in roles and have great chemistry, I would just sit there all day and just watch them. And this is one of those. Yeah. Um,
1: it just works.
0: And I, I think it's hilarious and it shows you a different side of disability, which I think is very important for people to look at. Um and I don't really have much else to say. It's there's, This movie doesn't have a lot else to say than that. Uh, I really liked it. What do you think?
1: I really liked Driz's character. And I think he honestly, that personality type, is kind of the ideal kind of person to do that work. because
0: Yeah, and I think that's the point.
1: I love that he's like, with the car, he's like, I'm not driving you in that load you up like a cow yeah. in the back like i am not driving that van there's nothing you can do to make me drive that because he's like i don't care if you're broken or whatever like we're not looking like losers or whatever he driving treats him like thing. a
0: normal person
1: yeah and just across the board and like i like that scene even when he's like comes in and he's, he's like you gotta straighten your daughter out, because if you don't i will you know what i mean and he's just yeah treating everything very just very like we're two people i wouldn't Treat anybody else differently. I don't know. I, I really like this movie. And I like the little themes, I guess, they brought into it. Like, I liked that, you know, he became interested in art. Just became interested yeah. in art and started making his own art. And that was funny. The whole painting and selling the painting. Scene. Yeah.
0: Which, in the upside, the painting that Kevin Hart actually makes is terrible. It looks like a preschooler did it. And he, I think he even cut out... a. Like a a picture of a dog from a magazine and glued it on there. At least Driss in The Intouchables, You can sort of believe how that could be seen as a priceless bit of art. The one that Kevin Hart does is not. It's crap.
1: Well, uh, and he, it wasn't just the first one he did. Like, he actually worked on it.
0: Yeah, he, you know? he he did work on it, yes. And he puts his music in and he gets in the zone and he, he's expressing himself, you know?
1: Yeah. It, to him,
0: that is art, and I think that is has value there. And I liked that way that that whole thread was represented. And again, it's just another thing that was lost in the American translation.
1: I like even how it comes full circle for, like, in the museum scene, he's like, you'd pay 40,000 euros for a nosebleed on a canvas. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: He's very blunt, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and it comes around to him having a better understanding and appreciation for art and I like the interchange that the two have in like through music because I think that's not the first time they really connect well but it's it's one of those those beats that they hit where it's just like solidifying their relationship more
0: yeah you yeah know? the movie's full of those and I love watching those I'd actually really like to watch this again yeah just for that you know I just I could really just watch the juxtaposition the contrast of these two people colliding you know what i mean like and and it makes philippe laugh and i love that
1: do you know what's the interesting about this too is that it's not sad but it's not trying to not be sad Yeah. you know what i mean like it's just very genuine it they're just yeah. telling the story of these two men together and there are moments that are harder than others but like The focus isn't, oh, this poor man and how his life has changed forever. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. I really liked this movie. We are a
0: little bit, but I I really quite liked it. I would recommend it. It's actually, I would think it's, this is my favorite French movie of all time. And I've seen quite a few. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials. We're most active on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook, comment on SoundCloud or YouTube, or support us on Patreon. And until next week, thanks for listening.